Howdy, folks, and welcome to the final episode of Hell's Crater. Last time, our would-be heroes stormed the proverbial dungeon and bit off a little more than they could chew, perhaps. They took on members of the Cult of Ada, along with a horde of them who were affected with them their helmets. They seemed to be working together to some end. One man in particular, the Speaker, seemed particularly interested in Io. Our PCs took on 40-plus foes and managed to not die, though some strange sort of enormous hellish worm creature showed up at the end that sent everyone a running. Xavier decided to respond with some dynamite to show that creature what for. Griffiths was a ways away down the tunnel, Io was trailing behind, and then the roof started to cave in. And that is where we are starting today. Now, the problem with roof cave-ins and mines in such places is that there ain't much a chance of surviving such a thing, and the closer you are to the nexus of the event, say a big explosion, the less likely you are to survive. So, what we're gonna do here, friends, is a skills challenge! Grant, insert fun. Want me to put an air horn <laughs> in our drama pod? Okay, I'll do it. Succeed on your skills and plans and you might just make it out. Fail and, well, on the bright side, there won't be much brain left for the helmets to call home. Jesus Christ. This is how it's going to work. Each of you are going to make three separate skill checks or use three different abilities that you have some edges or magic or whatnot. Those skill checks are going to change the difficulty of your final check to get out. You get to pick the skills as long as you can explain to me how they're going to help you get out alive. And we're going to start with the person closest to the blast because he is going to be the one with the least amount of time to decide what to do. Xavier, what is your first skill challenge? Uh, I'm thinking this is going to be athletics. Just sprinting down the uh, the hallway here trying to avoid getting crushed by rocks. Alright then. Make me an athletics skill check. Yes ma'am. Uh, it's a 6 on a d8. Alright. So, Xavier, you have the speaker over your shoulder and you are just booking it down the hall as these rocks are falling around you. Mm -hmm. Next in line is Io. Io, you hear the sound of rocks being the cascade behind you. What do you do? Do I still have the paper? I believe you do. I would like to propose using my weird science stat uh, okay. to just straight up ask the paper what the best possible way to avoid this whole situation is. How do I live through this? <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's smart. Alright, roll me your weird science. The laugh makes me pause. 10 <laughs> out of D12. Alright, Io, you take a moment. Where do you have the paper stored? I, I got pockets. I'm a guy. Uh... <laughs> I probably, okay. probably just pull out the, the, the paper and I'm just like frantic, as, as frantic as a half machine, half apparently a man can be. And I'm just like, how to avoid falling rocks? <laughs> All right. You say that and you take the time. And in the, this moment, the paper starts to glow and twinkle and words start to form. 
You're taking a little time to do this. <laughs> Just like running, like shaking, Griffiths. like load faster, please, <laughs> goddamn you. <laughs> Griffiths, what are you doing? The blast is behind. Okay, I'm gonna start booking it down. Okay, where I was headed before. Roll me that athletics. Seven. Seven total. Mm-hmm. All right. So, Griffiths, you are far enough away from this that uh, you are just faintly hearing what's going on back there. And you know enough to get out, but you are concerned about your friends at this point because the sound is seeming to get faster and faster as it's catching up with you. Xavier, we're back to you. Daddy. It's dark. The rocks are smashing all around you. You haven't been hit by any yet, but it is getting hairy. You don't think that just continuing to run is going to do it. What tricks do you have up your sleeve? Well, I got one. Let's see now. What I'm going to do here is I am gonna make the problem maybe a little bit worse but I need to make a blast in the wall so that I can duck in there as kind of a survival check here so I'm gonna throw a stick of dynamite kind of in front of me make a blast in the front kind of offset the explosions going behind me and then just kind of duck into that little cubby hole one stick though we're not going crazy here oh thank you for showing restraint Roll me a survival check <laughs> showing restraint yes <laughs> Six on a D6, which escalates to a nine. Xavier, you light the stick of dynamite, you throw it, you take just the second to let it explode, and you see the faintest gap in the wall, and you start scooting through. Luckily enough, you are a fairly tall lizard man, but you're not a hefty lizard man. So squeezing through this crevice is not that difficult. And as you reach your arm through, you realize it goes a little further back and as you go through you feel it break into one of the adjoining tunnels because as you remember i said the tunnels branching off were very much like this in we go as long as it ain't collapsing on me io yeah you look at the paper because you know your character better than i do i'm going to say what would your next move have been this is what the paper says to you, and I'm going to give you a plus three to your roll to make this succeed. Let's fucking go. Okay. Um, Io's next move, because he's not built as a physical specimen, he's built to resemble an old scientist, is he's not looking to get away from the rocks, he's looking to find a crevice to avoid the rocks. So I want the paper to show me where in the hallway Io can duck in so he can stop running and just hide and wait it out. Alright. And it does so. You see that the, the map, it, it, well, it starts to form a map. And you see there's just this like winding line that seems to follow the, the path of this tunnel. And then you see a steep bend to the left and then a quick hook back to the right and then there's just like an arrow that points in. Perfect. And you know that's where you need to go. Cool. So, I will say, what would you like to roll for that? Uh, um, 
can I sell you on notice? <laughs> sure. Okay. I like this. Trying to notice the gap. Yeah. You have the pointer on the paper. Do it. 11 on a D12, and with your oh-so-generous boost, that's a 14. All right. Easy enough. You follow this map exactly. Your android eyes are having no issue seeing in the darkness. You find the crevice, and you squeeze yourself in as you hear the rocks continuing to fall outside. Griffiths, you are almost to the mouth of the cave. You can see the light in front of you. What are you doing? Is the sound getting closer to me? It is, but you are outpacing it. You will get out at this speed that you are moving right now. Okay. Because I'm really worried about those two. Aw. 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 Probably fine. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> One of us less uh, than the other. <laughs> the light's right there. I could just get out. But I am going to see. I'm going to try and notice. See if there are any um, kind of segueing paths from where I'm at now. Alright, roll me a notice check. Uh, dirty six. You are paying attention as you're running to any branches off that you see. And one thing you notice is that these tunnels seem almost just like straight cuts. They don't interconnect very frequently. But, up ahead, you do see a branch off. So there's Straight ahead is the light. You can see the entrance of the tunnel. And you do see another one that cuts off to the right. There is a dim light coming from down this way. So you're assuming it also has an exit to the outside. But you do have a branching path. Yeah, I'm going to take the dim light. All right. You head down the path. Xavier, you break into this new tunnel. And you can hear that... This tunnel has been compromised as well by just the sheer, like, amount of rock that's been falling, but it's not nearly as much. And you have maybe saved your own ass. What are you doing for your final skill check? I'm going to turn my lantern on, kind of see what's going on around here. Um, Can I do a notice check to see if there's any places to hide in this new chamber? so I don't get crushed, besides just this little alcove I'm in. Sure. Roll me a notice check. Sure thing. Six on a d6. A total of eight. Alright. So, this is what you notice, Xavier. There are no alcoves other than the one you are in right now. However, when you light your lantern, you notice that there is a fairly strong breeze blowing against the flame of your lantern. And you're pretty close to the exit. Let's go towards that breeze. All right. You start moving in the direction of the breeze. Io, you are hunkered down in your crevice. What's your final check? I know there's a worm chasing us, right? That's what's causing the cave-ins. Do I know that? Well, so there are two possible culprits for this cave Okay. Oh, right. There's the dynamite that was thrown at the worm and the worm itself. The ground is shaking, but so is the ceiling, and you're having a hard time deciding which is which. Okay. Fair. That does inform my next decision. 
I am... You know what? Let's use the page again. I, I think Io's leaning more into the persona a little bit more and more. Um, okay. Um, he pulls up the page and says, Lead me to where I next need to go. handing a gun to Leah to shoot me with. <laughs> that is interesting. It's an act of faith, I'd say. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. So, can you just roll me a spirit roll? Oh, yeah. My boy is real good at spirit checks. 11 on a d12. The page starts to show a countdown. And it's counting down from 10. Nine. Oh, eight, oh, fuck. Oh, shit. Um, um, seven. Six. I, I run out five, of the alcove. <laughs> four. Okay, you're hiding. And just as you duck into the alcove, this huge rock just smashes the spot you were standing just in. And it goes three. Two, I run further away from the one. alcove. <laughs> you duck out of the alcove as it says one. And you see the page light up and just show an arrow with the word out. This book could certainly present its information in a less stressful manner. My goodness. Okay. <laughs> I must find Xavier and Griffiths then. Continue down the path. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Griffiths, you break into the next tunnel. And you look around, you have an idea, you have your bearings now. You know that as you cut through, probably if you follow this to the west, because that's where the light's coming from, that's going to take you out. However, coming from your right, pretty far down, it's hard to estimate distances in the dark, but probably a good 60 or so feet away from you, you see a smaller light running towards you. What is your next move? I'm going to draw a weapon and stay because it might be one of them. <laughs> <laughs> all right i am going are you going to say anything or are you just drawing your weapon i'm staying real silent okay what would you like to roll for this right now i'm just watching i'm not shooting so probably notice okay roll me another notice check Alright. You pull your gun and you wait. You can hear your own heart beating in your ears a bit. At this point, all three of you have rolled your checks. Xavier, I need you to roll me. You know what? You're running just as fast as you possibly can. I'm gonna say it's like athletics. Cool. I can use my strength for my athletics, so that's, that makes things better for me. Eight on a D8. Which turns into a nine, but hey, I'll take it. <laughs> Alright. Io, 
you are also running. I need a final athletics check from you. Oh boy, I probably should have spent some time leveling that stat up. <laughs> it's okay. Remember, the three stats you had, the three things you rolled before are kind of helping with what you've done now, and your past three rolls have been baller. Well, so. I'm glad because I rolled a one. <laughs> oh no! A one on a D4. D4? All right. Griffiths, I need you to roll me a notice check. Shit. 36 on a D6. All right. So we'll start with Griffiths and Xavier first. Xavier, you are running. Lantern out, speaker slung over your shoulder. This man has not said a single word to you this entire time. Either because he's unconscious or because he's totally fine with you just carrying him out of danger. Either way, you are running down the path. You get about halfway down and you see the glint of metal pointed in your direction. And you recognize the sheriff standing there. Now, sheriff... You do notice that it is Xavier running towards you. Lark, God damn it! Don't shoot! God, you're alive. <laughs> <laughs> don't feel it. <laughs> How are you doing? <clears throat> I'm alright. Where, where's crow. the preacher man? I, I ain't seen hind or hair of him since I came down this hallway. Alright. Oh, and God. You still got the. Who? Oh, uh, this motherfucker, um, planned on interrogating. Jesus fucking! Oh. Okay. We're good. We're calm. We're fine. I was figuring we could talk to this bastard and see what all is going on here, because everything's going to shit real fast. Yeah, let's do it when we get out of the tunnels and find the preacher man. Yep. Alright. So, the two of you are moving out of the tunnels? Mm-hmm. All right, you continue on your way, and the two of you will make it safely. Io, you're running. The The page is cheering you on. It's flashing. Go, 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 go. But you're too busy watching the page, waiting for more instructions, that you're not paying attention to where you're running. And I... I'm going to give you a chance to mitigate some of this oh, okay. by uh, <laughs> by rolling me another athletics check, this time to stop from tripping over your own feet, falling on your face in this thumb. Okay, Grant, remember, you're allowed to roll a d6 on pot as well, just, just to be safe, buddy. You can do this. You got a wild die. It's a six on a d6. And a six on a d6. And a six on a d6. And a five. <laughs> 29. <laughs> so you're watching the page, right? And you feel your toe catch that big rock. And in your one of your also new human emotions, you feel panic as you go to fall face first. But something catches you. Some sort of unseen force 
and you feel yourself pushed back onto your feet and you don't have time to keep thinking about it. You just keep running. And so I do. <laughs> Griffiths and Xavier, you make it out into the open, into the light. You don't see Io. Hold this. I kind of hand you the, <laughs> the cultist guy and I'm going back in there. Just as you are about to run in, you and Io slam into each other. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> I grab him and just kind of like pull him out of the cave. Like, get the back out of here. Okay. Thank you. Oh, God. Xavier, I'm not built for this. No. No, sir, you ain't. <laughs> God. Damn it. Thought we lost you for a minute. Thank you for finding me. The, the page led me back to you. <sighs> Griffiths, are you holding the speaker? Or is he on the ground? hes It's kind of one of those, Xavier tries to pass over. It's kind of like, oh my god, what is happening? On the ground, but Griffiths <laughs> has like a hand. Okay. Where is your hand placed on him? probably a shirt collar back of the shirt collar okay okay you feel him shift slightly and he has gone back into that stance that he was in for most of the fight inside of the cave where he is on his knees in a very bowed way whispering to the earth Hey, Xavier, you're, uh, your guy's acting real weird. Oh, I got this. I kind of, like, clock him upside the head with the back of my hand. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, he just kind of, like, collapses and hits the ground and is, like, coughing a bit. Quit that. You're freaking me out. Please put me down. I wish to speak to him. It oh, shit. Sorry. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just kind of towering over this guy. I kind of want to, like... You know that thing preachers do where they stand up real tall and they kind of this imposing presence at the top of the podium they're about to give you a hell and fire brimstone speech? This is the vibe. And um, I pull out my police badge. I'm not casting holy symbol. I'm just holding on to it. And okay. I ask this man, I go, What do you know of Ada Aquarids and the Astronomicon? Oh, Io, Jupiter, Jove, whatever you're calling yourself this time, as always, you ask the wrong questions. I don't know if this is weird science or common no, so I'll let you just kind of guide my hand here. Um, but I do have what this guy is looking for. And I'm trying mm -hmm. to determine if there's anything I can do with the page to give me an advantage over this guy. Hmm. I know I just said, Leah, can you do the hard work for me? But... <laughs> so, here's, here's the thing. You know that they were looking for the Astronomicon, but you're not really sure what they want it for. And you know what the book does. Um... So, I would say you don't have to roll. Okay. Your best guess at this point 
is to let him know you have the page and try to leverage that for information. Aside from that, you're not really sure how else you could possibly use this in this moment. I got an idea. I, I bend down to his level uh, as if he's a troubled teen at a youth camp. And <laughs> and I, I ask him, what is your name, son? <laughs> and on this, I like to make a weird science roll because I do want to exert some kind of spirituality over him. I don't think he's going to just tell me, right? Go for it. That's a 12 on a D12, motherfucker. <laughs> and then a 2. <laughs> so a 14. He looks at you. And he looks... Almost like he's looking through you for a moment. And he says... I too have many names. But... This time you can call me the speaker. I pull the page very slowly from my pocket, and I ask the page, what is the fate of the speaker? The page quickly lights up, and it says, to end. I get real lower, <laughs> like an especially troubled teen, and I say, you know this to be cyclical. You know this to be something that will occur every time. You know this cycle remains unbroken. You know the three always prevail. Your goal is not to bring the end, speaker. Your destiny is to end. To truly break this cycle it is not to achieve Ada's dream, nor is it to achieve Jovian's. The objective is to save the world for good. Bringing the end only brings the end. You have a choice to truly fix this, or I happen to know a very talented bounty hunter with especially sharp teeth. He looks up at you, Ayo, and he says, This world is at an end. It's grown stale. In the last cycle, Melas was nearly destroyed by its own people. That person? is now worshipped as a god by some of the very people who wouldn't exist had Ada gotten her way. The Helmets have nearly finished the job. They are the end. And we could be the end, Javayan. We could end it here. Break the cycle. All things end. I do intend to break this cycle, Speaker. However, my name is not Jovian, my name is not Io, my name is not Jupiter. I am Icarus Olbers, and I am here to help. And out of character and against my better nature, I kick him in the head. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so that is a fighting check. Okay. A skill I don't have. 
And yet, the dice seem to like what I'm pitching. Four and a D4. And a three. All okay, right. seven. Seven total. All right. So, you kick him. And it's sort of a glancing blow. It doesn't do any damage. It does kind of rock his head to the side. All of you at this moment, though, begin to feel the ground shake. And you look maybe 120 feet away from you, making a circuit in the sand, heading your direction, is a wave of sand. I am not an expert in survival, but I do believe this is to be our demise. We should flee. Yeah, don't gotta tell me twice. Xavier, take nope. the speaker. Roger. I'm gonna have to haul him back over my shoulder. As you go to pick him up, he gets to be a little fran frantic. This calm exterior that he is trying to put on uh, cracks for a moment, and he starts screaming, Your blood! Io, Icarus, whatever you want to be called, your blood. I'm aware. I am changing. This is not the time, speaker. We need your blood, given freely to summon the true end. This can be discussed when we're not being changed by a worm. Shut up. The worm does my bidding. Very well then. I, I look at Xavier and Griffiths and I go, get behind me. Do so. Alright, folks, uh, I have three power points left. I recently picked up the Channeling Edge, which allows me to cast all of my spells with one fewer power point requirement. I would like to cast Holy Symbol, leaving me with one power point, and I'm using it on the fucking worm to prevent it from going any further. And I rolled ah, an 11. Ah, oh, it takes me off. It's so close, but still an 11. So basically, here's, right. here's my thing. Here's my pitch. Io can't just stand here the whole time playing worm defense. But I do have someone I can use as a scarecrow and attach the symbol to to buy us some time. <laughs> I, I look to Xavier and I go, Xavier, place the speaker here. Make it so his legs cannot move. Roger. And I just kind of like shove him as, as deep as I can into the sand. <laughs> Alright. Um, roll me an athletics check. Sure. Shove him into the sand. <laughs> uh, that's a six on a d8. Alright. You get him above the knees in the sand. You know, somewhere around you know, lower thigh. Ah. Mm. It is fine. Fine. I walk up to the speaker, <laughs> and I look him square in the eye, and I go, the worm will have a difficult time doing your bidding if you cannot speak. And I put the police badge in his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You shove the badge into his mouth. So... <laughs> I'm using the speaker as bait. Anytime the worm wants to get past this fucking guy, it has to pass a spirit check. And I turn to Griffiths and Xavier and I go, This is not a permanent solution, but it will buy us time. We have to keep moving. 
All right, the worm fails its first spirit roll. So you see it barreling towards you and it slows down and it almost starts to act like you ever seen fish in an aquarium that are kind of confused about the glass, why they can't swim any further. It, it's doing one of those right now. God fucking damn it, preacher. I know where your goddamn book is. I know. Say what now? <laughs> you mean you... I kind of like grab him by his lapels. You mean to tell me you've known the entire goddamn time? No, I only learned it last night. Xavier, I am sorry. No, you wait. No, I am. I should have mentioned this earlier. I should have mentioned it last night. I was not sure if I should. I wanted to learn more information. But the longer I hold this page, the more things become clear to me. I know that somehow the Astronomicon is tied to Felicity. Mm. How much do you trust me? Right now. A lot. Intrinsically. Xavier, I trust you and Griffiths more than anyone in this moment. Then you're going to trust me when I tell you that if we don't get to her right now, she could be in some serious trouble. Sheriff. I don't see why we're standing around talking about it. We could be moving. I appreciate the trust. I wanted to give you further information because I realize you two are not privy to what I learned. But if you merely wish to trust, that would save significant time. I ain't got a reason to not trust y'all yet. Let's just go. It is appreciated. Thank you. The hostages are safe. The cultists are dealt with. Let's find Felicity. So, are you leaving the speaker in the sand? Uh, yeah, he's worm food. <laughs> he's or our worm, worm defense. Alright. Are you heading directly back to Felicity? Just making a beeline for it. Yeah. Alright, so, uh, Jenny, you and I have talked a little bit about where Felicity lives, and for the sake of not using up all the time in our last episode, <laughs> I'm going to say you've eliminated a significant portion of the threats by killing, like, 40 people just now, so... <laughs> Aside from throwing random encounters at you, you are going to get there without issue, though you're going to be running or riding through the night, so by the time you get to Felicity, you are going to be exhausted. But what do your two friends see when you get to where Felicity is? Well, we think it's a police station. At least it looks like it. It was, um... Outside this kind of bad part of town. Part of town where ain't nobody is supposed to go. Only part of town that would welcome folks like her and me. Behind that station, there's a, a, a little building. Looks like it's all dilapidated. And, and, and directly behind that, there's a little treehouse that she and me lived in for such a long time. 
when I climb up to there, first thing I'd probably see is just her playing with that damn book again. How old is Felicity? Oh, long about five, six years younger than me, depending on what month it is. And what does she look like? Well, she looks kind of like me, you know, lizard face, kind of palish, whitish, pinkish scales. Uh, I tried to keep her in the nicest clothes I could find, but times is tough after all. Um, she would kind of have this thousand yard stare, same as she's always had. Would just go up to her, just put my arms around her and just whisper to myself, thank God you're okay. When you walk up to her, she looks up at you with this big smile on her face. And she says, I knew you were coming today. You told me. I know, baby. I know. Um, Are you okay? You look so upset. <laughs> I, I've had kind of a long weekend. Um, made some you friends. You brought them with you, though. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you'll, be, you'll be happy with me. I, I made some friends like you wanted me to. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> Felicity, this is uh, Icarus and Griffiths. They're friends of mine. I've, I've seen them. I've seen you too. It's wonderful to finally get to meet you. You been okay? Anybody bug you at all? No. I, I, I just, you know, you've done a good job of making sure nobody knows I'm here. Mm -hmm. Um... I heard some loud noises coming from town's way, um, but nothing out this way. Well, pretty soon it ain't gonna be safe here. We have some serious trouble riding into town. I've... I've been... I've been trying to get the book to help me help you. Okay. It's... But if you're already here, that means that it's already happened, and that it keeps it keeps talking about the decision. For the longest time, it said the ritual, the ritual, the ritual, and then all of a sudden, like it switched and started saying the decision, and I didn't understand. And we kind of like beckon over to Icarus. You got that piece of paper? Hello, friend. I am Icarus Olbers. May I be of assistance? I gotta ask you a very important question. Of course. I hand Xavier the paper. What decision do we have to make? Xavier, are you touching the book? Uh... Yeah, I guess one hand on the piece of paper, one hand on the book. Alright. And as usual, Felicity also has a hand on the book. Of course. That's your favorite. She doesn't... She doesn't like to leave the book. And in that moment, there is a shudder that runs through your body, Xavier. And you see two eventualities. The first is you and your friends rebuilding Hell's Crater, clearing out the rest of the helmets, clearing out the caves moving this place into a new era of 
of sustainability, of happiness. Um, you see that a lot of this comes to pass because in every other eventuality, Io dies. He gives his life in every other eventuality so that the two of the three can go on to finish the task. But you've done something that the book didn't plan for. Because I was very much alive in this moment. And you see a second eventuality. You see Io standing in the sand. You see a symbol drawn that looks like a giant omega. You see Io drawing a razor across his hand and letting the blood fall into the sand. And he starts to speak in this language that doesn't mean anything to you, but it has this, this tenor to it that you catch in your chest. And he's saying, Qui hoc soxum violeset, joves acaposet, sortes qui facet, over and over and over again. And you see the, the ground start to darken and the sky darkens. And you see a new comet on the horizon, larger than any other before, blacks out the sun. And you're pulled back away from this and the comet slams into the world, not just the crater. And pieces are shunted out into space. And within each of them, spores. This is how the helmets are spread from one place to another. This whole thing takes maybe five minutes for Xavier and Felicity to experience Io and Griffiths. In this moment, you see the book and it is just those words that I said, those words over and over and over and over again. I ain't no language speaker. I have no idea what that says. Do you, preacher man? I do not know or understand the second eventuality. From what I understand of Javayan's mission, it is not to bring the comet. Though I do know that in each instance of Javayan existing, he does perish. This is a cycle I wish to break. Oh, well, it's like you said to that speaker. You're not Javion. You're correct. There is an old prophecy, from what I recall in my mind, where Javion brings together what is called the Three of the Four. There are always three assisting him to stop the comet. I believe Felicity to be the third of our four. I mean, I'm not going to say that you're wrong, but I feel like that's going to be a fight. I think Xavier, in some capacity, understands this. Still doesn't mean it won't be a fight. True enough. Io. Yes. 
Can you roll me a language check really fast? A seven on a D8. As you're watching this phrase come up over and over and over again, it starts to ring in your mind. And some, some piece of you understands what it's saying. It's saying, he who violates the rock has insulted Jupiter. You have sealed your fate. I'm going to keep the choose that information to myself for now. Keep it to yourself. I will, however, walk up to Xavier and Felicity and close the book. As you do that, as you touch the book, you see that final moment, the final moment when the world shatters into a million pieces that are launched into space and the book slams shut. And Griffiths, in that moment, you hear Felicity mumble the words, the cycle is broken. Cycle. I've heard a lot about cycles here recently. Which one? Which one did you say is broken? She looks at you, confused for a moment. I don't, I don't know what you mean. Don't worry about it, darling. Don't worry about it. Sometimes I say things when I'm touching the book, but I, I can't remember. Xavier knows. <laughs> right, Zave? Uh-huh. It's quite all right. Zave. Don't you use that. Is this a name you prefer, Xavier? Don't you use that. No, he prefers Little Lawman. Ah, of course. <laughs> Don't you use that one, neither. <laughs> Xavier, you now know two things in your gut after seeing those two eventualities. Io is either going to help you all restore the world and end this cycle for good, or he'll bring about the end. It's one or the other. This has been a very interesting week for me, as far as letting barriers down, letting people in, learning to trust. I don't say this very often, but I am trusting you to make the right choice here, Icarus. I don't want to kill you, but I gotta keep me and mine safe. So you gonna I, help us fix this shit or not? I do not wish to die. Great. Me neither. When I first met you all, I told you of a scientist named Javian Eclipse, a name that has been floating around a lot lately. I have been visited by a celestial being, I believe, to inform me of the fullness of Javian's mission. I was built by a group that is aware of the constant reincarnation of Javian Eclipse. I seem to be the next one. Though I am the first to not be mortal. And I believe that to be changing the more I learn and encounter with this book. 
Everything regarding Javian Eclipse has been against my will to this point. Including the information that Javian must die each time. Typically before the end. With the cycle being broken now, it is either I live, or my death, instead of preventing the end, encourages it. I do not intend to let the world end. Because despite all of the stories, despite all of the reincarnations, despite all of the various versions of various apocalyptic scenarios, they did not count on one of them choosing to actually honor the core belief of Javian Eclipse, which is to do the most good for the most people. That's my intention. Whatever we need to do to go against the typical trends of the three of the four, this is where it stands and this is how we have to do it. Thus, Xavier, I must tell you that your sister Felicity is the key to preventing destruction. Uh, you're asking me to do a real hard thing. I'm going to tell this to you in a way that is difficult, but correct. You know the Astronomicon is not a false doctrine, correct? I never led her wrong before. There is an early prophecy called the Three of the Four, typically when an apocalypse is beginning, where one unites three. Your sister unbeknowingly did that by bringing us together in town. The bounty that was hired for you to find and collect the Astronomicon. Knowing full well you knew where it was the entire time, yes? Yes, sir. The sheriff leading Griffiths to a safe where a portion of the Astronomicon exists. Both of you locating the man whose goal it is to find the Astronomicon. All of these things are put into place because Felicity owns the book. We are the three, she is the four. She is our best bet and our best guide to learning how to stop this comet for good and prevent this cycle from ever occurring again. Though I will make it clear, the Astronomicon does not always reveal every result. And if my death can do the most good at any point, do not hesitate. But know that it is not my intention. Same for you, Sheriff. If Xavier's morals are ever compromised and you have to do what must be done, I trust you the most to do so. You got it. Felicity. Yeah? I believe this belongs to you, and I hand her the loose page of the Astronomicon. She takes it. She's, she's like, oh, there it is. And she kind of puts it back in the book. It doesn't immediately fuse back together or anything. But it's almost like she knew exactly where it was missing from without opening the book. And she slides it directly in. I looked at Griffith and I go, now, granted, I have no clue what a bumbling sheriff is doing with that. What, what the hell with that? Look, I don't know. I don't know. 
Some mysteries aren't meant for us, but I'm not going to lie to you. That is odd to me. That Sheriff Mills had that. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. So, where do we go from here? I think it might be up to Felicity. And I, and I look to Xavier and I go, you may be the one who needs to ask Felicity what we need to do. I think you are our best bet to be guide adjacent in this case. There was a one who came before you, whose name I recall, named Astrid, who seemed to have the stronger connection to Javian Eclipse. She was visited most often by him. This might be your role to fulfill as the one who can speak to the holder of the book. Just get down on my one knee, because she's about foot and a half shorter than I am. <laughs> All right, sweetie. Need you to do me a big favor. Where does the book say that we gotta go next? That's the thing. Save. And she leans forward and she's like, It doesn't say. Then we must be there. It's... I think the book was made to prevent the end. He's alive. And you're all here. Oh. We broke the cycle. You broke the cycle? The book is the cycle. The book's the cycle. You're on your own now. Fuck. At last, I have reached the tallest peak in all the world, where the wisest person lives. Finally, I'll get the answers I seek. Welcome. I am the wisest person in the world. Ask me your question. What is my purpose in life? What should I be doing to achieve pure happiness? You must stream Game Master Monday. Come again. Game Master Monday, the bi-weekly podcast that plays a new one-shot in a new system in a new setting with a new cast every episode. Listening to their funny jokes and wild stories is the only path to happiness, my child. Sick. I'm going to go home and binge the whole thing right now. What a nice kid. Oh dear, he fell off the mountain. Now they'll never know how good Game Master Monday is. What is Slay the Stars? Oh. Come with us and enjoy a chaotic D&D hot pot. A dash of cosmic fantasy. A few cloves of dark fairy tales. And that's the entire bottle of shenaniganery. Oh, dear. Who no. Listen in Tuesdays at noon Eastern Standard Time on any major streaming platform. SlayTheStars.com. Persomnia ad astra.
I know this is a stressful situation, but you keep them swears out of my little sister's ears. I apologize, that's uncharacteristic for me. I don't... I, there, I have many more in my head. I will keep them to myself. <laughs> Please do. Please know this is alien to me as well. I think that cult was meant for me to become mortal and my... A piece of me is resisting it. But do know my, my true feeling in this manner is, and I look left and right and I whisper, It is fuck. I just wanted you to know. <laughs> Sheriff. It falls to you to lead us. Well, it's a good thing I ain't one to believe in fate much. Alright. Good. We, we, we broke it. We broke fate. <laughs> <laughs> she, uh... Griffiths kind of kind of look around and, and... Okay. So we got that big thing out in the desert. We got things that might be heading this way. Potentially a comet. Potentially a comet? Xavier would know it hasn't been summoned yet. Ooh. Based Ooh. on the vision Ooh. that Xavier <laughs> Yeah. Soft. No, when you slit your wrist and spill your juices all over the desert, that's when it happens. So as long as I don't do that, this cult meant for me to die all along. And here you are. Surprisingly not dead. I was created to be destroyed. So what? It's just a bounty hunt on a cult at this point? In the vision of rebuilding, it's because we removed the Hellness, correct? Uh-huh. If they bring the end, then it is them we must destroy. So we still got some cultists to find. We cleared out the ones out in that there cave. Where else do we gotta check? Ada's laboratory. Bingo. Then it's just a bounty hunt. Another day on the job, Sheriff. That's all it is. Let's One crack some skulls. Yeah! You're heading back into town. Because Ada's lab is back in town. As you start making your way, back into town people are rushing out of their homes to greet you like oh my god sheriff you're back uh, we thought you were dead you've been gone for so long the welcoming party's a little weird I'm not gonna lie <laughs> <laughs> those freaking marshals they were saying that they were running the town now because you were dead and something and it was a it was a whole problem oh don't the marshals are big talk Sheriff, perhaps if we leave again, we should consider appointing a interim sheriff so the marshals don't get, <laughs> you know, uppity. Ah, uppity. They, had their, uppity. they had their moment in the sun, and now it's gone because we're back. All right. <clears throat> I was gonna kind of ask for like, what's been going on? Well, um, sheriff, you, it's been it's been pretty quiet, you know. Uh, like I said, the, the marshals are being a little uppity, but, you know, for the most part, they're keeping it safe around here, so, uh, we, we let them go, but, um, you, you might be a little mad, Sheriff. Aye. Well, you see, um, and it's just, they give you one of these, and 
you look over and in the center of town where that gallows have been raised, you see the swinging body of Esther Bowles. Uh, the Go one nice on. sheriff, she was she was being a little creepy and you know, one thing led to another and we had ourselves a hanging. Hey, y'all got y'all's hanging, that's all that matters. Yeah. The, uh, so, I mean, before before she, we hung her though, Sheriff, we asked her if she had any friends left and she would not tell us anything. You know, she just kept saying creepy stuff, so she's dead, you know? Well, I am very proud of y'all for asking and trying to get more information, but y'all had yourselves a hanging. It was it was great, Sheriff. You would have you would have enjoyed it. It's kinda of like half covering Felicity's eyes, trying to make her not see the <laughs> obviously dangling corpse. It's like She has wow. to deal with adversity at some point, you know. Not today. <laughs> <laughs> Not at this immediate instant. We're bringing her to an apocalypse lab, Xavier. She might see <laughs> dead people. So, are you resupplying in town? Are you doing anything in town? Talking to anybody while you're here? Or are you heading straight on to Ada's lab? You've been awake for almost two full days at this point. I want to do something. What would you like to do? So, I'm just kind of doing that whole one-knee thing like a protective older brother to her little sister would. Mm-hmm. I would take the quick-draw holster off of my belt, kind of like click it around hers, and very gently just kind of hand her my gun and say, if you get into any trouble, and I mean any trouble, this is your defense. Remember, it's not going to protect you. It's not going to keep you safe. This is a tool of killing. And if you are gonna be killed, I need you to kill first. Can you do that for me? I don't... I don't know, Zave. That's kind of... I mean, you've shown me how to use the guns before, but I've never killed anybody. You might have to start thinking about doing that today, hon. I need you to promise me that you're gonna try. If you are stuck and if you are caught, to do what you gotta do. I'll try. Okay. Yeah, I'll try. That's all, all I need you to say. And then I just kind of hand it to her. She she does this thing where like it's like a little heavier than she thinks at first, <laughs> and she's like, okay, it's okay. How it's old fine. is this kid? <laughs> she puts it, <laughs> she puts it in her pocket. It's like late teens, like seventeen, eighteen, maybe. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> she's kid. been coddled her whole life. Fair. By a very, very <laughs> strong man. <laughs> Can I pitch we make a quick stop to my chapel? Sure. And you do so. I have supplies here for recovery. I feel we should go into this with our best foot forward. I don't know what... what uh, Leah wants us to do or what's fair here, but I'm thinking it's a chapel, it's a charity location there could be food, there could be first aid That uh, I'm not saying we take a whole ass nap or anything to rest and recover but I'm like, whatever Leah deems fair to be in a church, I'd like us to have it Listen, there are places to rest, there is definitely food here, there's light uh, medical supplies um you're not going to be able to remove an entire wound without a long rest, but um, 
you can definitely rest up a bit, fuel up a bit, stop yourselves from being exhausted if you continue on without sleeping. Oh, I'm a robot. <laughs> there, there's gotta be like charging station or something. I'm just trying to think of a way to get my power points back at least. I actually think that is hilarious. Can, can, okay, this is this is gonna be my main my main foray in like a comedic pitch. Can I pull out like a bag of communion wafers? <laughs> and just like pop one in and that's how he like gets his shit together. <laughs> you know? You can say no, I get it, <laughs> but it's all I could think of, like some kind of like power pellet that's like communion wafer shaped and flavored. <laughs> Fucking Pac-Man ass, motherfucker. I'm just, I'm thinking of anything, Jenny. I'm trying to metagame and also <laughs> plot, okay? I'm trying to think, like, what's fair that doesn't require me taking a nap and the world ending while I'm asleep or a cultist slitting my wrist while I'm sleeping? <laughs> it's one of those little, like those little like snack packs that they were passing out during COVID that's got like the little pee wafer and the little like yeah. shot of red wine. Yeah, you know, your your communion to go, if you will. Oh my god. <laughs> uh roll me a spirit check. Sure. Uh five. On a D twelve. No. Cool. <laughs> Okay, so what I'll say in that case, then, is I'm, like, opening cabinets, and I'm, like, trying to, like, look through my stash, and I go, Oh, of course, we left the chapel unoccupied for three days in a town with a bloodthirsty group of civilians who wanted to hang a person. <laughs> Why did I think my supplies would be here? <laughs> I may be too trusting. At least they asked questions before the hanging. Fair. I suppose I should be grateful that the resources I had here were able to take care of the town. I just feel my energy dwindling is all. <laughs> I mean, you are a preacher man. I would recommend we rest before we travel out. Long rest or short rest? Sheriff, Xavier, Felicity, I know we can't ask the book. I know we do not know how much time we have. I leave this decision up to you. I do not think we can handle what is coming up in our current state, but I do not know how much time we have. My mind is not serving me in this moment. I trust you. I'm going to say that if you take a short rest, it will be enough to keep you from being exhausted and taking a minus two to all of your checks going forward. Mm. <laughs> If you take a long rest, it's going to cure your wounds, it's going to regain all the power points that have been spent, yada yada yada. I pitch you to do a short rest to avoid the exhaustion and not being able to roll well. Mm -hmm. I am also going to use two power points, leaving me with one left, <laughs> um, to heal Griffiths, who I know took wounds in the last fight. All right. It's a good Which pitch. I'm down to only being able to use some of my spells. <laughs> Thanks to taking channeling. So I walk up to Griffiths and I place my hand on her back. And I just, with the, with the glowing heel of religious fervor, I, I, I patch up her wounds, get her back to where she needs to be. And uh, we short rest. <laughs> 
All right. And you continue on to the lab. So when we were in the lab during Bella's Comet, there was some weird mumbo jumbo going on with the doors and the elevators and trying to move between floors and none of that stuff works anymore. And what you see is that this place is not at all as complicated as we would have thought it was back then. It's a big old box with a bunch of rooms and doors that don't seem to connect properly and hallways and there was a lot of weird misdirection going on in here to confuse people, to keep people from trying to steal secrets. What is your plan for this place? Can I do a notice check to see if there's been any signs of people being here recently besides us? Sure. Roll it. That's a dirty six on a d6. All right. This place is stone and metal. There's some dust here and there that you might see some scuff marks in. But as a whole, it seems kind of empty. It's a little quiet. It's almost being stuck inside of a tomb. Fellas, I don't like this. We have to open that. It is now in the adventure that I wish I would have brought a pry bar. Maybe it just opens with your hands, you big guy. Come on. Come on. You got claws. Come on. I could try opening it, sure. Try opening the door? Mm-hmm. Alright, give me an athletics check. Okay. And is anybody helping? I will. Oh hey, Griffiths. Yay. All I'll three roll. of you roll I'll me those athletics it. checks. Seven. Uh, Ten total. All right. So, with Gusto, as a matter of fact, Xavier, you go up to mo- to start the door, and the other two are like, "Oh, we'll help." And before you even get your hands in, it starts pushing up, and you're like, "Oh, well, okay." Well, it's just, never- uh... Right then. Never mind. And we go. <laughs> <laughs> And you enter the building, into the foyer. There's no furniture or anything like that left here. But there is a bronze plaque on the wall that gives different rooms, different laboratory numbers, things like that. You see that Ada's lab was in the lowest basement floors. I pointed those floors and I've died here before. You know, that kind of talk is starting to spook some of us. Imagine knowing it. Let's just go down. Alright. You head to the stairs and you start heading down. 
And there is this feeling amongst the three of you, like, like you're going to meet fate, right? This is always where it ends. That's, that's the phrase that keeps playing in your brain, Io. This is always where it ends. You get to the bottom of the stairs and you are a little concerned at first because the door down there doesn't look like a normal door and it's not a pocket door, it doesn't slide. It looks like a vault door. Like it's not meant to be opened. This is probably an emergency exit. When this was Ada's lab, this was not meant for people to be entering this way. This was not a controlled entrance. But you're in luck because it's cracked open slightly. Whatever's behind that door determines how the story ends. Maybe you shouldn't take point then. True. I am not equipped for that. And Xavier's got his little sister. I'll take point. Thank you. So, you push the door open. And you enter into what used to be a giant observatory or something? It looks like there is a space in the center of the room where the dome may have opened up in the past so that a telescope or some other sort of large machine could point up to the sky. There's no remnants of the machine there any longer. But there is a figure there. One lonely figure. It's not completely corporeal. You can see through it slightly. Looks like an older woman. She has long hair. There's like a there's like a smoothness to her features that are not like clothing and not like skin. And she looks towards you, confused a bit. And then there's a moment of realization and her eyes narrow. And she hasn't said anything yet or reacted. Griffiths and Xavier, you're confused. You're not sure who you're looking at. But Io, there's a deep understanding in you in this moment. You know exactly who this is. Ata. Javayan. We've been here before. How did I get here? She holds her hand out. And now as she puts her hand out, the small amount of light that's coming through the dome on the ceiling, because at this point it's pretty late in the day, you can see it passing through her hand. She says, it's odd. Odd. Ada, are you here? I am? But you are not. Was I brought here? Ata, you died 500 years ago. You died 500 years ago? I killed you. Yes. My name is Icarus Olbers. 
I merely resemble Jovian Eclipse. You, Ata, died here 500 years ago. But how am I here now? And as you glance around, you see that there are markings on the floor. And she's... What? What is this? Do the markings look remarkably similar to the ones we saw in the book? They do. Before, before it broke. Okay. <laughs> I just take a brief moment to turn to my friends and go, if I die here, the comet hits. Or rather, if my blood hits the floor. Well, the only option I see then is you getting the hell out of here. Excuse my language. Yep. <clears throat> and from behind you, you hear the door. Ah, because it ain't never easy. So much for that option. Ada says, well, it seems I've been given a second chance. Uh, I'm going to cast Empathy. I'm gonna, right. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna break the fucking cycle, baby. <laughs> okay. Empathy with my new edge costs me nothing. No power points. Okay. As long as I can see the target. The caster forms an emotional bond between himself and the target with a successful arcane skill versus spirit roll. I can then know the target's emotional state and most basic surface thoughts and I gain a bonus to intimidation, persuasion, performance, or taunt. In, in my case, persuasion against them. Right. Nine. Fifty. Excuse <laughs> me? I rolled a twelve, a twelve, a twelve, a twelve, and a two. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, well, I got a um, lot of raises, baby. <laughs> I think it is safe to say that she is... The spell takes effect. What are you doing? <laughs> a few days ago, Io recovered a memory where he learned that Javian Eclipse and Ada Aquarius were once friends. I'm going to assume with this role I have the clarity of all of part one of Bella's Comet in my brain. And I'm going to talk to Ada and say, Ada, this is not you. You never wanted to destroy the Earth. And then my voice changes a little bit when I'm talking to her. You always wanted to help it, make it grow bigger, change how people viewed what was possible. What does resetting do to do any of that? You're the most brilliant mind that's ever existed, and this is what you want to use it for? Destruction? Chaos? Using a magical book to end the world? Think for a second. 
If you want a real second chance, it's not in destruction. There is a town of limited technology. Right here, outside of this lab. That could use your actual talent and knowledge. Your second chance isn't here or in the stars. It's... it's out there. She looks at you, Io. Really looks at you. And she says, You are so like him. I've been told that a lot lately. I don't... I don't understand why I'm here. But... Ata, were you but, summoned? I suppose. How long ago? Not long. A bit. I've been wandering here, trying to understand what happened. It's all very confusing. I think I can help. I break my trance. I look at Xavier. The book. Yep. Oh. Go ahead and hand him the, the book there, uh, Felicity. Give it to Felicity. Oh! Uh, okay. Oh. Griffiths. Okay. I need you to safely escort Felicity to that specter and have her open the book. Alright. Xavier? Book is in her hands. Alright. I'm going to use one more of my regular old doesn't cost me nothing spells and then I cast protection on Felicity so that her toughness okay. will go up by two <laughs> just right. in just in case and I'm going to bend down to Felicity and I go this woman does not exist she's right there I know I know it's difficult to explain and quite frankly I did not think this was a possibility until moments ago but I believe she can repower the Astronomicon and give us the tools we need to rebuild the city and stop this cult. I need you to go with the Sheriff, who will keep you safe, and do whatever you need to do, whatever compels you, to get her in there. Can you do this, Felicity? Understand? You want me to show her the book, and maybe the book will start to work, and then imagine it like catching a ghost, Felicity. Imagine it like putting a spirit in its host body where it belongs. She wants to help. She is confused, but deep down, she wants to help. Okay. Xavier, perhaps you should stay behind me in case the door opens again. Yes, sir. Good luck, Sheriff. <laughs> so, Griffiths and Felicity and the book are approaching Ata. 
and you watch Felicity look confused, a little scared. Xavier, what is your response to this moment? I am trying my best to restrain myself because that's my little sister in trouble and I just have to trust that these guys know what they're doing. So. But damned if my hand ain't on my gun. For the record, I don't know what I'm doing. This is a, a harebrained scheme, and I am flying by the seat of my pants, and uh, love y'all. <laughs> As Felicity approaches Ada, Ada gets a confused look on her face, and she then there's like a moment of like, aha, this is the book. This is your book. Yes, Ada, you can use the book to do the most good for the most people. And she reaches out to grab the book. And in that moment, Xavier, you see a jolt of energy from the book, different from before. Before there was this like sparkly glow, but this time it's almost like a violet red burst as Ada makes contact with the book. And Felicity kind of goes rigid and she's confused. And you see her almost try to pull the book back. And as she does that, there's this like snapping sound. And the book is gone. And Ada is fully corporeal again. And she, she looks at you, Io, and she says, you've, you've made some good points, Io. I want to help. Good. Good. This is your rebuild. This is all of us. All of us get a restart. Ada, look at me. I'm speaking to you, but after this, I don't think I can speak to you the same way I've, like I did before. You're going to have to trust that Icarus is the new version of me, if you will. But he's going to be different. I understand. The, these three will help you. And I'm glad you're back. Same. It's good to be back. Maybe this time don't cover yourself in sand. I don't know what you mean, but okay. That's fine, as long as you <laughs> always remember that. There's going to be a lot of sand here, right? I just, will Just don't fuck with it, that. okay? <laughs> <laughs> and I snap back to being Icarus, and I go, there might be more danger. We should move. Yep. <clears throat> okay. I can breathe now, right? Right? Ada looks around the room. So Felicity is still standing there, just like dumbfounded, looking at her hands because her book is gone and she is on the verge of a freak out. Sheriff, this might be the time to be comforting. <laughs> <laughs> and Griffiths was more prepared to grab and go back if she needed to as quick as possible, not for a, like a full mental breakdown. So, uh, Z Xavier, uh, she's gonna kind of, like, help Felicity kind of turn. 
The book <laughs> to her brother. <laughs> the book the book is gone. The book is gone. It's okay. Come here. Come here. It's okay. The book. My book. Come here. It's fine. We'll be okay without it. It's we... all I have. You still got me. And she just sort of like snuggles up in your chest, but she's like quietly sobbing. Ada says, I don't think we're going to have any problems getting out of here. After all, these people summoned me, and I'm with you now, so perhaps that gives us some level of protection. She has a point. If there are cultists here, they do worship her, and she's on our side now. By the way, there may be cultists who treat you as a deity, just so you know. I mean... I don't see a downside here. I could see a few. Eight or five hundred years ago, this would be nothing but a downside. Just trust me on this. <laughs> the three of us will remain behind Griffiths and Xavier. Should anything happen, I trust them. We are a preacher, a recently reborn scientist, and a little girl. <laughs> I trust you two. Oh, before we leave, Xavier, mm. do you still have some of that dynamite? I uh, got two sticks left, yeah. This location seems to constantly be a location for prophecy and world-ending domination. Maybe we fix that. Go boom, sir. Go boom, sir. Ha! <laughs> now you're talking my language. I turn to Felicity. You are going to want to run with the sheriff out the doors as fast as possible. Your brother is insane. <laughs> Don't tell her that! I know, it's kind of fun, right? <laughs> I've never seen him work before. Yeah, well, we're not going to see him working here, come on. Fly with the sheriff, oh, but, right behind you. But I just want to, I just want to watch. Look, he looks so happy. Go with the sheriff. Let's watch from the outside. <laughs> She reluctantly follows you, but she does not take her eyes off of Xavier. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> well, what else can I say except go boom, sir? We've got two sticks of dynamite. It's about All right. a two-foot radius blast. Let's go. All right. You put them in the center of the room, mm -hmm. and it go boom. And, uh... From the outside, you watch as the remnants of Ada Aquarid's lab implode on themselves. This all happens just as the sun's starting to go down. The first stars are starting to twinkle in the sky. And the four of you now stand there with Ada Aquarid's reborn about to embark on whatever comes next because you've ended the cycle now the question is what comes next what are your plans for this new world that you're building I want to start with Griffiths aside from going back to town and I guess helping out where needs to get helped out. Nothing much would change for her. Working hard. 
getting the town in order. Going on bounty hunts every once in a while, yeah. But nothing else would really change for her. Xavier, what about you and Felicity? Are you still staying out of that treehouse, or are you taking a more active role in town life now? Well, uh... Day one of the job, Deputy Xavier Allen would need to, uh... Start organizing some temporary housing for anyone who may have been orphaned by this situation with the, uh, with the helmets and, um, work up an honest living for himself, use whatever money he has left to get himself a nice piece of land in town. Uh, he's not, I mean, you know him, he's not gonna go a completely honest lifestyle, but. He wants to make it so that nobody else ends up like he and his sister did. Yeah. It's beautiful. And Io. What does life uh, look like for you? Also, failed to mention in all of the hubbub. When the Astronomicon disappears, you wouldn't notice in the moment, but later on, you trip, you fall, you get a wound, you accidentally catch yourself on something, blood's gone. You're back to yourself again. But from there, what does life look like for you? I would be weirdly relieved that he's no longer turning into a mortal. Uh, he spent a long time not wishing to have the uh, desires of others thrust upon him. So, with his mission accomplished and the need to find the three relieved of him and the Astronomicon gone and Ada Aquarids becoming the, once again, the designer within the crater, I think he takes his preaching more earnestly stops focusing on the mission and truly leans into what he thinks is the core belief that should be motivating all good action to do the most good for the most people. So he reestablishes his church. He no longer calls it the, uh, the, the, the Church of the Eclipse, as mentioned all the way back in Episode 7. <laughs> we all remember that, right? I totally said that. <laughs> and uh, he rebrands his church as... Um, a church of charity, if you will, one where you can come to shake off selfishness, grapple with your own self-desire, and he can point you in the direction of places that need the most help. And he very frequently leans on the assistance of Griffiths and Xavier to help those types of people. Gives them a little ring and say, hello, I know this person, he needs assistance, can you please come to the chapel? And, and that becomes his mainstay in the community. Uh, like with any person who wants to preach the most good, sure, sounds good on paper, but it's not going to win Elver everyone. I'm sure the little pockets of selfishness that drove Bella's comment in the first place are going to pop up here and there. But shoot, that's what IO is for for as long as his core keeps going, and it could be a long time. And it does. It does last for a long time. Because you see Io 
you are not a man. You are at least part, if not all, machine. And so time passes, lives go the way they do, but you are around long enough to see time pass on a grander scale than others, Io. And you see Hell's Crater get risen back to Bella's Comet. Doesn't, it doesn't happen overnight. But the world rebuilds. Safety happens. The helmets are cleared out. They become a legend. Ada Aquarids goes on to reform herself and clear her legacy. With the guidance of a certain mechanical preacher to kind of keep her in check. And a new age happens. This one doesn't have an end. So now that we're at the actual end, though, uh, I do want to give everybody a chance to uh, do their little sign off as our little goodbye to the series. Let's start with uh, with Jenny. This has been an absolute blast um, <laughs> getting the opportunity to play two characters who could not be any more different in personality. Um, <laughs> it's It's been an immense joy just to come in and just inhabit the body of another person for a couple hours a session and just change a world for the better that needed changing you know this is why we play games to not only feel good about ourselves but to make an actual difference in each other's lives yeah and squidzy i i agree with all of that um it was this was so much fun uh kind of going back to what jenny said being able to play two different characters who you know were completely different in a lot of ways and the same in a lot of others um it was great building the new the new relationships either which way was great and yeah really looking forward to this all the time been a highlight of the last what Three months? Two months? Ugh. It's been a while. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, getting to play Astrid uh, and then swapping to GM the second half of the show has been... It's been one of the craziest and most fun experiences I've had uh, since getting into the TTRPG community and stuff. Uh, I am so proud of everything we've done. Um, and let's end it the way we started it with Grant. Hi. Um, <laughs> uh, cool to be a player in the universe you yourself created. <laughs> um, what a trip. I am super grateful to Leah for not just taking over the story, but elevating it to the next level and, 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 and <laughs> Dealing with our nonsense, our constant, chaotic Western-themed nonsense. Um, yeah, this was a, this was a dream. This is a dream come true for me to be able to 
both play and run this. Uh, I'm super eternally grateful to Squidzy and Jenny for bringing their A games to every single fucking episode and, and being cool with being kept in the dark a lot. And thank you to all of you guys for listening and indulging us and letting us do the the single coolest and stupidest thing we've ever done. And I, I mean, yeah, I'm 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 riding the the high at the very end of this, so I'm a little for the like at a loss for words. Really, um, I'm just really grateful that we got to do this. So thank you all, and thank you all. <laughs> all right, and with that. Many days and pleasant nights to all you who have listened. This is Bella's Comet, signing off. <laughs>